De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host, Doug Bell, and today we're going to be talking about the importance of brand tracking. Joining us is Angelie Mullins, who is the Chief Marketing Officer and Growth Officer at Latana, which is an AI-powered brand tracking tool that helps brands make better marketing decisions by delivering scalable insights. And today we're gonna dig in and talk about the power and purpose of brand tracking. Okay, here's my conversation with Angelie Mullins, the Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at Latana. Welcome to the podcast. Nice to be here, Doug. Well, I have to say what you folks don't realize is that we're talking across the world. I'm in Oakland, California, and you are in Berlin and it's cold and it's late. And we've got a great topic on our hands. It's not late for me, late for you. Great topic on our hands. We're going to dig into brand. And I think that outside of the marketing world, it's probably one of the more misunderstood aspects of go-to-market. There's so many things sort of packed into people's perception of it, of brand. And I think you're the perfect person to help us sort of unwind that broader definition before we dig in. So for those of us not in marketing, for those of us looking at brand with skepticism, give us the definition and then tell us, why we should care? What a question. So brand is all about perception. And it really is about the perception and the feeling that consumers or the general population has about a brand and its brand identity. So for example, people think of McDonald's, they think of quick, easy, inexpensive food, you go to any McDonald's in the world, you know what you're going to get. People think of Nike, they think of, you know, sporting, they think of overcoming adversity, all those cool stories. So it really is about the perception. What people, and especially in the marketing and business community, don't understand about brand is that it is one of the most important things to not only grow your revenue, but to basically grow your products, to grow the company. What we found is that people think of brand usually at a later stage when it starts to become too late. They usually, and depending on the size of the company and where the company is in its life cycle, they usually start with performance marketing first, especially in a scale-up environment. They're trying to grow rapidly. And of course, in the past 10 years and more, we've had this concept of data-driven marketing. So for every dollar or every euro you spend, you want to get some back, you want that nice revenue equation. So people focus on performance marketing. Then what usually happens in their growth line is they hit a wall. And they hit this wall because they are either offering a cheaper price, some kind of cheaper value, but they haven't really focused on what the identity is and what the perception is and what consumers are supposed to think and feel about a brand. So you hit this wall where consumers can no longer relate. And that's where we come in. 
It's interesting because I have to say, I feel like you've described every SaaS company's journey, B2B SaaS company's journey, which is you're, you're really going after the pipeline. It's kind of hand-to-mouth, hand-to-hand combat that's going on. And the more forward-looking executives and CMOs tend to understand that you're building a brand along the way and you have to protect that brand image. But there's a lot of rotation in the leadership, right? So if somebody understands to focus on brand, quite often they're off to another job at some point. In other words, there isn't this long-term brand steward. The other issue it feels like quite often is we, even though it was so deep in the weeds when it comes to marketing, still don't understand how to unpack brand, right? We don't understand. And even if we think it's esoteric or not, we still struggle to understand how to measure. And I imagine that's a big part of the value prop that you guys deliver and a big part about how you approach really your customer. So tell us a bit more about how you measure brand. You know, it's really interesting because when we started Latana, brand tracking was a relatively newer space inside the larger space of market research and consumer insights. And the way that it used to be done was you would have huge research teams. So if you know, you're know you a marketing leader or any leader at a company, you want to figure out you know the, the key insights in your target audience, you would pay hundreds of thousands of dollars or not more to figure out basic insights. When we started this company, what's happening is if you're growing your brand, usually you have something called social listening, and you have performance marketing, and these are kind of on both ends of the table. In social listening, it's share voice, what's happening on social media, and then you have performance marketing direct, we hope, ROI. But then brand has really been left behind. What is the awareness of my brand? What are the associations? What are the basic KPIs? How do we you know, measure against our competitors in the industry? You know, What's our market sizing? These basic type of KPIs that would help any business grow has been completely left behind. And especially with this idea of data-driven marketing, we've gotten to this point of what I call data paralysis. So many data points out there and none of them we can action on. And this is the key challenge that as a marketing leader or a growth or revenue leader that we face. Tons of data, which ones to action on, which ones are actually going to move the needle and make a difference. And a lot of times what revenue and growth leaders do is they focus on that direct attribution, that direct ROI, instead of really understanding what activities, campaigns, strategies, et cetera, will resonate with the target audience. Once you start doing that, you're going to have not just incremental growth, but massive growth. And this is where brand has a huge part to play and frankly, where it's really been left behind. You mentioned something, I think that's just so spot on. And I wanna, I wanna tease this out. You mentioned that in the past, or I, I would assume the present, right? Organizations are measuring brands with large teams of people. And the second I hear that, and again, the audience I have here typically are, are B2B SaaS growth executives, right? And so they're just, like you said before, they're just worried about the day-to-day growth picture. So they're not measuring at all on some level. It's really do nothing. They're doing nothing. They have a basic understanding of their brand. And for those folks that are thinking about something like this, because I would say you're talking about a distinct ability to be more efficient with your spend. Your unit economics improve dramatically if you have a strong brand, right? So how do you know you have a strong brand? In my experience, the closest corollary you have overall are really secondary or analog measures. So as an example, 
How much brand traffic am I getting to my website? It doesn't measure the efficacy of your brand, but it does give me some indication of the level of awareness. And this is exciting to me as well, because if this is something that can get really instituted across smaller organizations, suddenly think about the power of a brand in terms of people's perception and pushing away all this misunderstanding. And by the way, then you have more highly effective SaaS organizations that are going to survive longer. Actually, you know what? I've just done your pitch for you. You're welcome. <laughs> but I'm really curious, like, when somebody's starting out, what are some of those kind of analog indicators you can use? And then what would you recommend in terms of next steps if you really want to move into measuring brand? And this is a common question that we get. And I think you, you know, you brought it up in your example. Usually what happens in the status quo is you will put in a campaign, a nice big brand campaign, and you're going to do a pre-post and you're going to see where your traffic was before and what your traffic is after. And is there a lift? And that shows lift in visitors. And maybe those visitors would turn into, you know, purchasers, subscribers, et cetera. But that doesn't really give you an accurate picture of brand and brand performance. What we do at Latano is we start with some very basic metrics, brand awareness. This one is super interesting, especially with smaller to mid-sized brands that maybe haven't established themselves to a huge you know, aspect. If they start to spend, we measure brand awareness in either a particular market or even down to a particular city. And we do it with a very specific criteria of target audience. As simplistic as this sounds, and you would think that every marketing revenue, you know, growth leader would have this, it's amazing how many don't. It's amazing how many people have go-to-market strategies, but they haven't asked the basic questions of the target audience. Are you aware of the brand? What would you associate it with? And I'll give you an example. We have a very big neobank here in Europe that actually tried to go into the United States, recently pulled out of the United States. A couple of reasons why. Did the target audience fit? Were they able to compete in the market? What did their suspected target audience think? What were the associations? They thought they were cool and progressive and forward thinking. Their target audience had a different answer. So if you just ask your customers, you can get the answers that you need. And it's, it's such a conventional type of approach, but it's something that's been overlooked. Everything now is about data-driven campaigns to drive traffic or conversions or purchases or signups, but people forget, are they actually targeting the right people? What do these people, the target audience, actually think about us and our identity? It's the very first step when you think about what do you need to grow a SaaS business, the very, very, very first step when you're trying to identify product market fit, but a lot of people forget this step entirely. They just say, we have a product. Can we sell it to customers? Yes, it sells. But again, when at the beginning of our conversation, I said, you'll have performance marketing and you'll hit a wall. That's why you usually hit the wall. You've maxed out what performance marketing can do, but you forgot about correlating product market fit to the perception of your core target audience. It's not a surprise. And I feel like we may be coming off as uh, lecturing-ish right now to people listening in. But I would say that, you know, there's some basic tenets of at least managing your brand, whether you can measure the brand. There's some basic tenets of managing brand. Are there some tips you can share for folks that aren't quite at the point where they recognize and they really do need to do a better job of measuring brand or some just quick ways to think about, like, how do I understand the perception of my brand, at least to understand whether I make an investment? The first thing, as conventional as it sounds, make sure you actually have a brand identity. 
there's so many SaaS companies out there that they just focus on growth, 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 that they forget about who they are, what they stand for. And most importantly, what do they want their customers to think when you put their brand out there? Many SaaS companies forget about this entirely. So start with that. And then the second thing, start asking your customers. And this is what we do at Latana. We have a mobile-based you know, survey platform. We survey people all over the world and we can ask them these questions in a very, very quick amount of time. And then we have a machine learning process in the back end, you know, that is sorting that data appropriately. But these are the basic tenets of what you need to do. After that, there's ways to measure it. We start with brand awareness, we have market sizing, we have purchase drivers, et cetera, but we can go even more in depth. We have custom KPIs, so relevant to a particular industry that really gauge propensity to buy. But your question is more about what do you just need to start? Have your brand identity, ask your customers and make sure that those two things match. That's the very first place. Okay, great tips. And let's be careful not to confuse brand or brand perception with brand identity, but it is the basic building block of brand, right? It is to have a brand identity. There's consistency of look and feel. Super important, great advice. Are there other ways that organizations can measure the impact of their brand? And I'll give you an example, a shortcut I've used, which is, and this is brand awareness rather, share a voice. So these things correlate with one another. So if you see those old bubble charts that you know kind of cross over one another, they correlate, but they're all different building blocks. So when we have customers that come to us, usually they've done two things. They've done social listening. So share a voice right there. And they've done performance marketing. So they've done two ends of the bookcase, but they forgot the core center. And so this is really what we get people to focus on. When you talk about share a voice, Elon Musk and Twitter is coming to mind with everything that's happened <laughs> the past week with the, the Twitter verified accounts. But you can have anything trending at a certain amount of time. And as a marketing leader, you can say, oh, okay, well, we have great share of voice and look at what's happening on social media. But then basically what you see is a huge climb and then a huge, you know, slide down. To me, that's not consistency. That just means you had a, you know, an uptick in inflection points. So Really, again, this is where brand tracking comes in. What's the perception? Share voice doesn't give you perception. Share voice gives you a trend in a moment of time. This is a key difference. Okay. So we've talked about how to do this poorly. <laughs> okay. What are all the ways that we can do this poorly, right? Let's talk about the true power of actually having this knowledge. What does this do when you actually understand how your brand is performing over time? What does this give revenue leaders? So we have had a lot of companies come to us who are using this data for some key information. Number one, to enter new markets, to figure out how consumers perceive you in your HQ, and then maybe you have other markets you want to expand to, to really make sure that you get it right, to open up new product lines and new features to really understand how customers are perceiving you. We actually right now are getting a lot of clients coming to us that have a city-based approach. A good example of this is e-mobility. So scooters, bikes, transportation in high-density urban areas. They have, let's say you want to launch one something in New York, something in London, something in Paris, you're going to have a totally different go-to-market strategy and they need to understand what the brand perception is you know, the market, the purchase drivers in those particular arenas. 
So these are the different areas comprehensively. Can you grow in a certain market? So the neobank that I told you about, they didn't get their brand perception correct. They didn't have a correct match. They ended up pulling out of the United States. So definitely, you know, affected their strategy and of course their revenue. We have others that are in a highly competitive space and they're trying to figure out what can I do to get the edge to relate to my consumers so that my campaigns and my messaging will perform better? Or we have people coming to us saying, we want to do a rebrand entirely. How can we consolidate brands into one or how can we rebrand ourselves entirely? So there's a, a lot of different use cases in which this can be applied. We're going to talk later about how brand, and I think this is really the key to getting brand maybe more forward in people's planning. We're going to talk in a bit about really the impact of brand on revenue. So what are some of the kind of foundational things that people should be thinking about when they're thinking about potentially the impact on revenue? And an example I would give you is, is the negative impact, right? So as an example, you brought up Twitter. We're sort of watching this implosion happening right across the bay have friends that work in Twitter, sort of getting that kind of blowback and what's happening there. But that's a good example of an organization that had a reasonably strong brand and is sort of in this public brand meltdown right now. So to me, as I look at it, I go, that's a great example of really tearing down your brand, of destroying your brand. So really, on some level, some fundamental level, there are elements to that that effectively say, here's what I'm doing as a result of tearing my brand down. So just maybe use Twitter since you brought it up. Our buddy Elon is out there collapsing the world. Yeah, Twitter. And then I'll also give you a different example, which is one of my favorite ones. But with Twitter, I mean, if we look at the past week or two with these verified $8 accounts, they've basically run a, a campaign. They've run an offer. People are taking advantage of the offer and we can see the implosion. The problem is that when Musk came in, he didn't really identify what the identity, what the brand perception of Twitter is going to be in future. So people are just you know, all over the place using it for their own purposes. But Musk, as the new leader in the new era, supposedly of Twitter, didn't come and say, okay, this is what I stand for. This is what Twitter stands for. Here's our values. And here's our ideal customer. And is there a match? He forgot that completely. Maybe we'll see it in future, but has totally forgot that. So right now, like you said, it's completely in flux and maybe we'll see, you know, the brand or the new brand emerge, but we haven't seen it yet. So this is use case number one. Use case number two, which is actually my favorite, is the Old Spice one. So Old Spice, yeah, men's deodorant, way, way back. Of course, they had great sales for a long time and then their sales started to plummet. And they were really trying to figure out what to do. With brand, again, you have to match the perception. People weren't seeing it as innovative. They weren't seeing it as a household name, yes, but to who? And I think that was the big question. When they started to actually ask questions of their core audience, what they found is it wasn't men who were buying the deodorant. It was women who were buying the deodorant and they had lost the key brand perception with women. Once they started to figure that out, they changed the brand identity into something that relates to women. And I don't know if you recall the very funny all Old Spice ads that came out, the man your man should be like, you know, campaign. And the moment they did that, it was just like a click and a light bulb went off and the sales took off through the roof. And today it is seen as one of not only the best campaigns out there, but 
one of the highest revenue generating campaigns out there. And all because they focused on their brand and they focused on matching the brand to their consumer perception and getting their target audience right. And so this is everything you know, that we're talking about today on what brand tracking is, what brand performance is, how to tie it to revenue, and of course, perception and identity and, and meshing that together. I think we've done a great job of creating some really impressive bookends here, right? We, we really talked about what are the basics. And as you talked about with Elon, the basics weren't met. What's your brand identity? What's the perception of the brand? He didn't start there. And he. there's so many other problems going on over there. It's sort of mean to pick on that brand piece. But then you also brought up a really fantastic example. By the way, my grandfather actually wore Old Spice, right? So talk about sort of an older brand that was revitalized by doing what? Having an understanding of brand identity and then identifying with the audience, connecting with the audience and building an awareness campaign in this, in this case, a very public ad campaign that turned the brand's perception back towards its core audience. Absolutely brilliant. Well, I have to say, I learned a lot today and really appreciate you spending time deep in the dark hours of Berlin with me today. Thank you, Doug. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Angelie Mullins, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at Latana for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, we're going to dig in and talk about how brand tracking impacts revenue. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Angelie, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in her show notes or visit her company website at latana.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't get a chance to take notes, shame on you while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generated Podcast, or you can share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is at Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we'll publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. 